Today we meet two characters mentioned nowhere else in Scripture. Simeon and Anna show up here in Luke 2 in one of the very few stories that we have about Jesus between his birth and his adulthood. Let's start with Simeon. We know nothing really of his backstory, but we do know he is an old man living in Jerusalem. We know he is righteous and devout. He's a man who looks forward to the consolation of Israel, Luke tells us. This lovely phrase tells us that Simeon longs for national deliverance, which in his place and time means the arrival of the Messiah. Such is his spiritual state that the Holy Spirit rests on him and has promised him that he will not die until he had beheld the Lord's Messiah. This is all we're told about him. We are told a little more about Anna. She is the daughter of a certain Fanuel of the tribe of Asher, and she was married for seven years before her husband died and has lived many decades as a widow. She did not remarry. Instead, she devoted herself to Yahweh, remaining in the temple to pray and worship and fast night and day. Like Simeon, she is old. Like Simeon, she is devout. Unlike Simeon, however, Anna is a prophet, which is to say that the Holy Spirit speaks through her. So we have these two, Simeon and Anna, living out their lives in Jerusalem. Meanwhile, unbeknownst to them, Eight days before the day in question, a very unusual birth had occurred about five miles south of them, in Bethlehem. A child had been born to a poor Galilean couple in a manger among animals and shepherds. These shepherds had been alerted to the birth by angels who appeared to them by night as they were keeping watch over their flocks. You know the story. And that story is told by Luke immediately before today's text. But of course, Simeon and Anna know nothing of it. On the day in question, Anna is in the temple where she always is. And Simeon is guided by the Spirit into the same temple. So both are present when Mary and Joseph and Jesus arrive to fulfill the requirements of the law of Moses. This law required that Mary be purified and that the firstborn son be dedicated to the Lord. The Holy Family offer a sacrifice of two small birds, appropriate for those who could not afford any larger animals. And together they go about the task of presenting Jesus, their firstborn son, in the temple. It is at this point that Simeon sees them. He sees them and he knows. He knows that what he has waited for has arrived, finally. He knows this tiny child of an unknown, undistinguished Galilean couple is in fact the long-awaited Messiah. He knows the truth when he sees it. He takes Jesus in his arms and says, Master, 
Now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Now those are some pretty heavy-duty words about a tiny baby. And Mary and Joseph are amazed at what's being said about Jesus. But before we get to them, Mary and Joseph, and to what Simeon says next, I'd like to pause here for a moment to recognize what is happening. What is happening is Simeon is recognizing the truth when the truth shows up. He is recognizing life when life shows up. He is recognizing God when God shows up. Now, this is no small task. In fact, you might say it's the task of the Christian life to recognize God when God shows up, to recognize Jesus when Jesus shows up. Oh, you may say, yeah, well, Simeon was tipped off by the Holy Spirit. He had the inside track. He had an edge over everybody else. But perhaps the Holy Spirit rested on him and spoke to him precisely because he among the people had made himself ready for the Spirit, because he had properly prepared and emptied himself. In any case, we'll come back to the Holy Spirit. For now, I'd like to say a few things about Simeon and his wait. The first thing is just that. Simeon waited. He was told he would see the Messiah, and he believed it, and so he waited. He did not put his life on hold. He did not sell his possessions. He simply set his inner self, his soul, if you will, on the setting called wait. Waiting, as you know, can be very difficult. Waiting on a phone call from your children. Waiting on a decision on a, from a college admissions office, waiting on Christmas when you're seven years old, waiting on the return of a loved one from active duty, waiting on a vaccine, waiting in a hospital waiting room, perhaps the hardest places to wait. The truth is, is that waiting is part of living. And in the waiting, the anticipation grows, but other things happen too. In the waiting, we come to know the limits of our own power. We come to rely on God if we're able, but we definitely come up to the limits of our own strength. And Simeon waited and waited and waited until he was very old indeed. Simeon not only waited, he expected. He was told by the Holy Spirit that he would live to see the Messiah, so he expected to live to see the Messiah. He believed the Spirit when it spoke to him, and he sustained his belief, certainly over decades, in what, he had, in what had been spoken to him. Now, for myself, I imagine moments arose in which he questioned the promise. Who, me? See the Messiah? Why me? Was that really the Spirit of God speaking to me? 
But doubts or not, his long game was marked by faith, clear memory, and ultimate trust in the voice of the Spirit. The sustaining power of hope, one of the great theological virtues, certainly played a role for him as well. So Simeon waited, and Simeon expected, but as he waited and expected, what exactly did he expect? Well, the Messiah, yes. But lots of people on those days were expecting the anointed of God, the Messiah, and honestly, nobody, not you or me or any Bible scholar or Luke himself knows what exactly Simeon actually expected. We don't know. But it is clear what most people expected. Most people expected a military and political leader, one whose authority would, in the words of Isaiah, grow continually. There shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom, wrote the prophet of the Messiah. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. Did Simeon expect such a kingly Messiah? I don't know. What I do know, however, is that he knew the Messiah when he saw him, a tiny, helpless, eight-day-old infant in the arms of an anonymous couple, too poor to purchase a sheep for the occasion of their son's presentation in the temple. How did he know? How did he know this baby was the Messiah? I don't know. But given that nearly everyone expected the Messiah to be a conspicuous political and military leader, and given that the Messiah was not, Jesus was not, at that time or any other time, a conspicuous political and military leader, we can conclude that when Simeon beheld the Messiah, he beheld the unexpected. I don't think that Simeon expected the Messiah to look like this, to be a baby, an eight-year-old baby in the arms of a poor Galilean couple. So when he beheld the Messiah, he beheld the unexpected. And right here is the point. Simeon was awake. He lived with his eyes open. Simeon lived with his eyes open. He was ready for the unpredictable, the surprising, the unplanned. To live this way, to live this way with clear vision and expectations set on hold is, I say, to live truly. That he was old simply reinforces this point because his age makes it plain that he had lived this way for most of his long life. Simeon was open to the world. He was awake. These attributes are born of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit rested on him. And here we come to the end of this Simeon business. The Holy Spirit rested on him. And hear me now. It was precisely this presence that allowed Simeon to wait to expect, to give up his control and expectations. And in the end, it was the presence of the Holy Spirit 
that allowed Simeon to know the Messiah when he saw him. The Holy Spirit opened his mind and his heart and his eyes to accept this baby, this child, this infant, this newborn. For holiness recognizes holiness. And without the Spirit upon him, Simeon would surely have passed by Jesus, Mary, and Joseph without awareness. But he is supremely aware, and so he stops and takes Jesus in his arms, says his words, and blesses the baby. He then turns to Mary and says to her, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. He says to the mother of Jesus. When God shows up, the truth shows up also. And the truth, friends, is always bracing, it is always tonic. It always arrives with an edge. It does not merely mollify. The truth is active, it shines a light, it discerns. The truth divides. It cuts between people and across inner landscapes. The truth breaks hearts. This the truth has always done. And the words of Simeon echo like a reverse echo for the words of Jesus that came later. I bring not peace, but a sword. The truth divides. It cuts between people and across inner landscapes. It breaks hearts. Then, as if to set an exclamation point on this whole affair, the prophet Anna shows up comes to Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, praising God and speaking about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Again, like the phrase consolation of Israel, the phrase redemption of Jerusalem carries messianic significance. It tells us that Anna too knew the Messiah when she saw him, that she too was awake and open and receptive to God's moving in the world, and that she too was known of the Spirit. She too had spent a lifetime waiting to see this child, and she too was filled with joy when he showed up. Friends, I hope my point is clear. Here on the first Sunday of Christmas, we rejoice that Emmanuel has at last come into the world. God has arrived. God has taken physical form. May the Holy Spirit rest on you just as she did on Simeon. May the Holy Spirit speak through you just as she did through Anna, so that you too will recognize and proclaim Jesus when you see him this day and in the days to come. Amen.